Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up? This is AOK Radio signing on. And uh, excuse the voice if it's a little bit more raspy than normal. Uh, I just finished recording the episode for my other podcast, my Kingdom Hearts exclusive one, uh, titled Your Favorite Heartless. So I talked about I talked on there for about the normal time, but <clears throat> I don't know what's with today. Maybe I just didn't hydrate like I should have. But anyway, we're here to talk about what if. And I just can't get over how awesome that opening is. But on the podcaster, we've talked about the uh, show quite a bit. And what I can say is I hope you guys have been enjoying it as much as I have. Because each episode have just been... Ugh, you get some laughs, you get some cries, you get some... A little bit of indigestion for some reason, but yeah. Like I'm getting with this podcast too while I'm recording for some reason. Oof, pardon me. So I know what a lot of people are thinking right now in the community of uh, the What If fans or just What If viewers. Can we get one episode where Tony does not die? <laughs> like, sheesh. Is he, I'm guessing he must be one of those, uh, what is it, absolute points that the Ancient One talked about in the Doctor Strange episode. And I did not talk about that one on this uh, podcast. I do want to do a season one retrospective where I talk about them all. Um, But I, I did goof. I, f- I meant to, to do an episode about the Doctor Strange one because that was crazy, but I planned to do the the zombie one mainly today and also touching upon the killmonger one so i I guess i'll i'll touch a little bit on the doctor strange one that one was honestly one of my favorites the doctor strange one um seeing how easily doctor strange could have become the what was it the supreme strange and just the the way that this dude literally spent hundreds or a hundred, a hundred, at least a hundred years, just absorbing <laughs> these variety of creatures throughout the many dimensions to be strong enough to break an absolute point. And even then, after spending all that time, he still was not able to save her. That was such a sad episode. And I just found it hilarious that the ancient one was like, Oh, Doctor Strange, I separated you both, and you are the good Strange. You are the only one who is capable to fight him and win this <laughs> Doctor Strange or his Doctor Strange. And in my head, I'm thinking, there's no way. <laughs> Unless he finds a way to outsmart him like he did with Dormammu, there's no way. Because this dude literally spent hundreds or at least a hundred years or a year. Uh, no, no, no. It's 
or year what <laughs> no regardless it is years uh doing this and it just makes me think wow but one weird thing was um mr black man uh i forgot his name mordu mordu wasn't in this episode for some reason what's up with that like we got wong i love wong we got the ancient one i love the ancient one and that other guy the other the other mr black man i forgot his name but he was cool um but I, I do love the idea and the symbolism they had in this episode too, where at the end of it all, this Doctor Strange, like Supreme Strange, at the end of it all, when he realizes that everyone is gonna die, he realizes that how badly he messed up. And he isn't just saying, Oh no, save her, save her. He's also saying he's he's pleading with the watcher to say punish me don't punish them just do whatever you can to save them i'm sorry and at the end of it all he's it's just him and i felt so sad for that strange he was just so misguided and i do like how the ancient one also said that he's not evil he's just i forget what she said exactly but i remember she pointed out because Good Strange was like, oh, there's an evil twin of me. And she said, no, he's not evil. So hopefully if we do see him again, because there is a rumor that he'll be in the Multiverse of Madness. Hopefully if we see him again, I said again with an L. That's not a word. Quit making up words. Um, <laughs> Hopefully we do see him again. He, he did I say it again? Wow. Whatever. I'm just going to I'm not going to say that sentence again. I'm going to say again, again. Okay, now I have N's in there. There we go. If you didn't catch it, I I kept saying, I had I kept having M's in there for some reason. So, if we do, hopefully he is a good guy, but I'd imagine he's probably not going to be because who couldn't go crazy being secluded in a prison like that after, like, losing everything? So... It makes me feel. It makes me really feel sad for him, though. I really hope he can get out of that somehow, and hopefully that the the multiverse something. I'm I'm hoping that just something happens where he can get out and maybe make up for what he did, atone, I guess. So yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Um. So anyway, going to five and six. Um. Mainly going to be talking about a five today because we have an article. That I look that I uh, got suggested to on my Google feed, and I love my Google feed because they always they they rarely miss with suggestions that pique my interest. They 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 quench my thirst of curiosity. Ugh, that doesn't sound as good as I thought it would, but anyway, this one's actually not. I hit my mic. Sorry. Uh, this one's actually brought not from Screen Rant or the Gamer or the, your typical websites i usually get these articles from this one's actually brought by brought to you by yahoo life i did not realize yahoo was still a thing that's cool though yahoo's nostalgic for me um so this is actually yahoo news yahoo life but i guess buzzfeed is also a part of it too because the article has BuzzFeed at the top as well, and then it says 25 what-if details from episode 5 that we just need to talk about right now. <laughs> I love the title. It doesn't tell me when, or excuse me, it doesn't tell me who wrote it, 
it may it may at the bottom most of the time though it's usually at the top but we'll, we'll get to that um so of course massive spoilers for episode five that what released two weeks actually going on three weeks ago now so but uh he starts off by saying or she Starts off by saying, hi, hello, I hope you recovered from What If Episode 4 and are ready to dive into the next episode. So, here we are with all the details I noticed in Episode 5, a.k.a. What If Zombies. So, here we go. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. Um, Honestly, I haven't even recovered fully from Episode 4 yet, or... Or the other episodes. I technically haven't really fully recovered from episode 3 yet. When Hank Pym killed all the Avengers. That's That was dark. And it just made me feel sad for everybody. <laughs> also, I need to mention that too here. I'm going to mention it as well in the retrospective episode. But this is why I want to do these articles. Because they hit stuff that I didn't initially think of when I composed these episodes. But I didn't catch that... Um, Hank Pym's, I forgot, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name, but, uh, the Wasp, who was supposed to become the Wasp. It was the Winter Soldier that was alluded to killing her because of where she was killed at and how the Winter Soldier was there around that same time. So, way to go, Bucky. I know it's not your fault, it's Hydra's fault, but way to go, Bucky. Thanks, Bucky. Because of you, Hank Pym went crazy and killed the Avengers. Something that even not even Thanos could have done. Which, to be fair, he he would have if he didn't want to preserve Iron Man's legacy. But, yeah, so to speak. So let's go on to this list. Uh, episode one, or episode one, what am I talking about? Number one. Uh, first, What If Zombies is based on Marvel Zombies, which was a five-issue comic book run that first debuted in 2005. The series focused on another Earth where there were zombie versions of iconic Marvel heroes. So I've listened to uh, Comic Storian, shout out to him, and also Comics Explained, also shout out to him, both awesome YouTubers who do a very awesome and unique job at covering these comics ranging from Marvel to DC and onward. Uh, so recently after this episode debuted, I went back and listened to those because I couldn't remember. I wanted to look back and see what type of references were going to happen. And uh just wanted to see what could possibly happen in future installments because I gotta imagine that season two is probably going to continue some of these stories, or they may just do complete ones um, in themselves, because, I mean, dude, we got like 70 to, we got like 70 plus years of these types of stories, so they got plenty of source material to work on, but I imagine because the fans are really wanting some of these stories to continue, um... This one is definitely one I want to see continue. I definitely want to see... Uh, well... I, 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 I think this one and, Doctor, and the Doctor Strange one I definitely want to see continue. The Killmonger one for sure as well. Um, Peggy as well. But I mean, to be fair, that one's definitely going to continue. Because we see that story um, is probably going to continue in the Ultron slash vision episode but we'll see for all we know it it might be a different uh carter but who knows how many 
versions of Captain Carter exist out there. Who, for all we know, it may just be one version of her among the the universe. Kind of like how, with all the outcomes Doctor Strange saw, it was only one where um, they won against Thanos, and it was through uh, Tony sacrificing himself. So, a lot of crazy different scenarios. So, um, but yeah, it's very iconic, um, very dark, very dark, gruesome story. And in that version, for those who don't know, in that version, the Marvel zombies kept their sentience for the most part. It was just the hunger that drove them mad and um, drove them to, to eat, even though they were well aware of what they were doing. It was just, you know, they were too compelled, which is freaking sad and it's it's way more sad than this but also at the same time it's like it it i mean part of me thinks it it's just it drives them mad it definitely drives them mad to the point where they do know what they're doing but they're just it's just it's so you know they're just driven so crazy they can't control themselves and it's only when they're full and whatnot they actually remember oh crap we we just did that oh because i do like how in the comics it was ant-man who unfortunately was feeding off of black panther sparingly um in order to find a cure so he was satiating his hunger so he could keep coming back to his sanity enough to find a cure so that was that was interesting but unfortunately in the for the mcu that Hank Pym, that version of Ant-Man is, uh, he, he he was taken out pretty early. So we, unfortunately, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Scott Lang. I love Scott Lang as Ant-Man, but he's he's no Hank Pym as far as his intelligence goes. But we can't count Scott Lang out. He's a very capable person. He, he wasn't as capable in this version, but, you know, outside of that, he, at least he's very capable in the, in the, in the MCU. But not in this version. <laughs> so, I do love the callbacks that um, happen in this What If episode. And that leads us to number two. So, the episode begins with Bruce slash the Hulk falling through the Bifrost to Earth. And it's basically a shot-for-shot recre- recre- recreation of him doing the exact same thing in Avengers Infinity War. So, that was really nice. And I recognized it instantly. That was one of the few. Th- that was one of the few things I'll probably get from this list that I uh, recognized. And um, one funny thing I noticed too is they definitely make his chest hairy, like um, the live action counterpart is, but it's not nearly as hairy. And I thought that's kind of. I thought that was kind of funny because you got to figure that was definitely a creative choice not to make it as <laughs> as hairy, but. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Um, but it's just it's just really interesting because as soon as I saw that happen, I thought because you you start to think, oh no, this episode's going to involve Thanos to some degree, which means they're not going to have Thor there. They're not going to because when this episode was coming out, it makes you think, oh man, when when is this going to fall in the, in the, into the timeline? And most importantly, what even causes this? What even causes this sickness? So there's that too, but another thing, this is one of the things that caused a lot of people to kind of complain about some of the storytelling in this episode. Number three is, if you look closely, 
you can see that Tony is wearing the nanotech suit he first debuted in, in Avengers Infinity War, which makes sense. This is happening clearly during what normally would have been the Infinity War um, semi-conclusion. Because, of course, Endgame is the end of the Infinity War, but, you know, Infinity War is the semi-conclusion. It's part one of the conclusion. But people are going on to think the nanotech suit is, is, is basically his best suit. And as we saw with his fight against Thanos, any part of it's ripped off and it comes, you know, it's able to heal back up. But as we saw, there are times in between that where it has to refresh. So it stands to reason there was plenty time for him to get bit. So, I know people were complaining about, oh, it doesn't make sense, but, eh, I mean, it kind of makes sense, especially with these zombies pretty much having enough sentience to still be able to use their powers, but these versions don't have enough sentience to be their, um, be at full potential, fortunately, for the MCU, because if they had the sentience that they did in the comics, and honestly... I mean, as bleak as it was, it would have been a whole lot worse. <laughs> it would have been a whole lot worse. Um, especially since they don't have characters like the X-Men or um, everyone else that Fox owns. I think it was just the X-Men and the Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four. But that's changed now. But unfortunately, we're not really getting that in the MCU just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the nanotech suit, Obviously, it definitely would make him less susceptible and more guarded. But look at what Ant-Man did to Tony. <laughs> or look at what Ant-Man did to Cap. Yeah. But uh, I know some people were saying, too, that he could have flown up in the air and just fought the things airborne. But I don't know. I feel like it, it. the attack happens so sudden, but at the same time, it's like, why are you guys landing in the middle of all this crap? You got Iron Man, T'Challa, you got some smart people with you on the crew. None of you happen to realize that these are more than likely zombies and it's some kind of infection that's happening? I, I personally, that's one of the few things I don't like about this episode. I feel like the way they turned was kind of stupid like why would you land in the middle of this horde like clearly like if these were just hordes of just regular people that couldn't infect you i'd imagine they'd have a better they'd be able to hold their own a bit more but these are that's not the case because you got jumped by ant-man who ruined it and then i think there was another i think there was another being there too that attacked them but either way it's like not a not not the not the smartest move you guys have done. If anything, Iron Man should have just like dropped a bunch of bombs down and cleared a. Nah, they should have just kept a, it being airborne. I don't know why they landed in the middle of it all, unless they really didn't realize they weren't infectious. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Because they acknowledge that there are zombie media in this universe and even in the MCU too. So I don't know. All right, so number four, carrying on that um, subject, something to point out is that Steve, Tony, Natasha, Clint, and T'Challa are all fighting together when the zombie outbreak starts. 
which means they either patched up their differences from Captain America's Civil War, or in this universe, they never split apart. So that I thought that was actually kind of interesting. I didn't realize that uh, until now. I just didn't think about it for some reason. But, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I'd imagine... I'd imagine they probably just patched it up. Because I feel like... <coughs> excuse me. I don't know what could have happened to not have it happen. So, yeah, I'd imagine they were just able to patch it up somehow. I'd, I'd imagine mainly because the zombie outbreak was happening for... Well, no, it couldn't have been happening for very long because... It started technically, it spread fast though, because Ant-Man and the Wasp happened technically during Infinity War. So, yeah, that's, it spread fast, dude. It spread really fast. But technically, it doesn't really take long before you turn, so there's that too. Yeah, well. Um... Yeah, there's a scene where they have a little clip here of um, Tony listening to the message um, Steve left him, where he says, I wish we agreed on on the Accords, I really do, but no matter what, I promise you, if you need us, if you need me, I'll be there. So, thinking about that scene, that was great that they put that there, it would make sense that under normal circumstances, he would have been there, but... um. I'm trying to remember why he wasn't before. Because he was, I mean, he was on the run. So I'm trying to think how he would have gotten in contact with him earlier for this to happen. But I can't really think of a, a reason. So I don't know. I It, it might have been, it might just be one of those scenes where it's like, eh, this, this looks cool. Let's just do it. <laughs> So, I don't know. I think either way, it's, I mean, it's a what-if universe, so who knows what really could have gone down for them all to be united here. It might have been an, it might have just been an overlook. <laughs> we can't rule that out. All right, so number five. Um, also, you can see Natasha rocking her post-Civil War blonde hair, and she's wearing Yelena's vest from Black Widow. I didn't realize that, mainly because I have not seen Black Widow yet, unfortunately, thanks to this stupid virus, but anyway, that's really cool, um, I did not realize that at all, because I th I'm pretty sure after this scene, we don't really see Black Widow again, at least I don't think so, actually, we probably do, maybe just in passing or something, I don't know, but, uh, number six, Peter makes a vlog about how to survive the zombie apocalypse, which is exactly like when his vlog about Captain America, yeah, Captain America Civil War opened Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, I didn't I didn't notice that reference at all. I'm looking at it now and I really like how they handled this article. They have pictures referencing what they're talking about. That's actually really cool. <laughs> so, one thing I gotta say, though, I feel like... Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of the jokes hit for me in this episode, but I feel like... I feel like they were a bit too jokey with what, with all, with what all was going on. But at the same time, it is a natural 
human thing to do, especially for Spider-Man. That's actually one of the biggest reasons why he jokes is because it's a natural human response. It throws off his opponents and it also helps him stay focused because he, he goes up against a lot of crazy stuff like pretty much every superhero does. So um, so I, I'm not really going to knock the episode for that. To me, it just felt a little bit that way. But most of the people making the jokes were Spider-Man and, and Ant-Man who are big comic reliefs um, in the MCU. So I, it wasn't really a, an issue. It took me out of the moment a few times, but eh. um, and like I was surprised when I saw the zombie apocalypse video because my thought process too is okay. You you referenced in the video how you should cover up, you know, not have so many things exposed. But what do you see happy in? And even afterwards, just a shirt. <laughs> Heck, even with Cap, with Cap, he got turned because Ant Man jumped on his neck. But to be fair, actually, no, I'm not even gonna go there. I was gonna be, I was gonna say, but to be fair, it is Ant Man. He shrunk down to like the size of a, a fly, so that's not really a fair argument. Because for all we know, he could have went to jump on his like eyeball or something if he really wanted to. Because I mean. They could have they could have covered that up too. They could have covered up everything if they if they really knew about the zombie apocalypse. Heck, if I was in a zombie apocalypse, everything hazmat suit, knight's armor, everything. You're not getting through me at all. But at the same time, too, you do um, you have to be careful with that because you do sacrifice maneuverability and stamina. But you got to find a balance. You got to find a balance. And Iron Man. And T'Challa found a pretty awesome balance. But at the same time with T'Challa, his suit, because it is the Black Black Panther one where it's from the movie Black Panther. I mean, where it absorbs the kinetic energy and shoots it out. So, which was different from the one he had in Civil War. It was an upgraded one. So, it's safe to say he would have had a, a really heck of a good time fighting them off too but yeah, well. I mean to be fair he did survive because Vision helped out at one point so there was that he was I think if I remember correctly he was the only survivor of that encounter but yeah let's move on uh, they actually might mention it because I, I didn't really read many of the submissions here I went to like one through three and then I was like yep I need to add this to my podcast episode all right, so in number seven, in Peter's vlog, he mentions that Happy loves boxing, which is a nod to when Happy and Tony box together in Iron Man 2. <laughs> oh, when he had the little, um, that bio. And the shirt, the shirt that Happy's wearing. I'm not single, I'm saving myself for Thor. Whose shirt is this? Because that's clearly not a Happy shirt. <laughs> it's Or maybe it is. Maybe it is, because... Honestly, from what we've seen, everybody has acknowledged that Thor is just ridiculously attractive. Like, you even had you had Hawkeye acknowledge it. You had Coulson acknowledge it. Shoot, even even uh, Nick, even he had mentioned, or maybe not mentioned, but he 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 couldn't help that even in death, Thor smelled like lavender, which is weird to think of because he's he, he was decomposing technically at this point but whatever who knows maybe Asgardians smell like lavender when they're when they're dead we, we don't know 
Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, number eight is actually, was there anything else I wanted to say about that? Nah. All right. So, number eight. Uh, meanwhile, Sharon's skills, as uh, said in the bio of her, include eulogies, which is a nod to her giving the eulogy at Peggy Carter's funeral in Captain America Civil War. Oof. What happened to Sharon Carter? Oh, wait, wait, wait. She became... She was in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, that show. Okay, never mind. I was like, what happened to her? Because I, I couldn't think of what happened to her since um, Civil War. Like, I don't think she was a, was around anymore after that or referenced. She might have been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I haven't seen much of that show. I should watch it because I, I know there's a lot of good stuff in it, but I know people stopped liking it after a while. But if you guys have any suggestions for certain episodes to watch and maybe some to skip over, let me know. I definitely want to watch it all. But yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see. I'm really intrigued to see what Sharon's going to be doing in the future. And I kind of want to know, like, if she was to ever find out that. Uh, her, what was it, grandmother, Peggy, became uh, Captain America, and or Captain Carter, in another universe. I wonder how she would react to that. But I guess it, it would be fair to say that eventually there probably would be a Sharon Carter at some point in the future. But not the one we saw, because obviously she goes into the future. So, But I mean, who's to say she wouldn't have kids in the future? Why not, you know? Um, but that wouldn't be like a sudden realization type thing that I was talking about. It'd be more like, oh, I was raised by a superhero. I was, you know, because you would grow up knowing that she was uh, Captain uh, Carter as opposed to, uh, as opposed to her being grown up, working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and then finding out, oh, she was what in that universe? What in the, okay, that's cool. All right, so going to number nine. Also, since Sharon is on this Avengers team, it means in this universe, she never went to Madripoor after Captain America Civil War, thus proving how different this timeline is. Right. That I forgot that's where she was. She, she said that in the show. That's where she's been because she was pretty much an outlaw like everyone else. She just didn't get captured. So there we go. Yeah, that, that makes sense because I'd imagine... She wouldn't, because technically this this outbreak hasn't been going on for too, too long. So I'd imagine she wouldn't have made it to them if she was in Madripoor. She probably would have been all by herself, honestly, if she was there still. So, yeah, I'm actually quite curious. It, it kind of makes me think Civil War may not have happened at all. Or maybe they all agreed on the Accords to not happen, perhaps. So let's see here. By the way, I got to say, I do love the cast they had for the Avengers team. How they had, um, how they had Wasp there, Bucky, Spider-Man, Bruce Banner. I forgot her name and I'm mad I forgot her name because I love her character. But from the Dora Majal, Mirage, Dora, the Dora M, I'll leave it at that. And, of course, uh, Sharon. 
And then later we find out, you know, Black Panther and Vision, even though technically Vision kind of revoked his membership by uh, doing what he did with Wanda. But, hey, it's a complete role reversal of what we saw with uh, WandaVision, right? Only his safe to say was a lot darker, a, a lot of a, a bigger, a bigger turn. So, all right, number 10, you can see that Kurt, who starred in the Ant-Man movies, is wearing his XCON jumpsuit. Kurt worked at XCON security consultants alongside Scott Lang, Luis, and Dave. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I also love the fact that of, out of everyone, they decided to bring in Kurt. And I just love that they did that because we all know that Everyone would have probably loved to have, um, I think it's Luis. I think it was Luis, uh, him to come in instead because, you know, he's everyone just loves the way he explains stories, how hyper and kind of dry his humor is. So, I mean, it's he, he, he does have dry humor. Um, so I think people probably would have expected to see him more so, but I do appreciate the MCU shining the light more on one of the smaller members of the Ant-Man crew. So I, I definitely really appreciate that. Um, but I'm kind of wondering, like, Ghost didn't survive this, especially with the kind of powers she has. But I guess she might have just got the drop on her just like um, just like Ant-Man did, honestly. Because if you think about it, I'm surprised he didn't do what the Wasp did and just like shrunk and got out of there. But that's eh, whatever. Um... But yeah, I'm really glad they did that. And just like the MCU just always excels at their callbacks. Like how in this episode he talks about um oh, what is it? What is that witch name? Uh, crap. Well, the reference. Like he he mentions the the witch in this episode like he does in, in the original movie. And I'm sure they'll actually bring it up here, but yeah. So let's go to 11. In this universe, you can see that the clock outside Grand Central Station has not been changed to honor the first responders from the Battle of New York in Avengers Age of Ultron. We see that the clock has been changed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, what? The clock outside Grand Central Station has not been changed to honor the first responders from the Battle of New York. So... We see that in Age of Ultron. We see that um, memorial, that commemoration. But here we see the clock is not representing that. Hold the phone. What What even happened in this universe then if Civil War and the Battle of New York didn't happen? Because the Battle of New York is how the Avengers form after Coulson gets killed or quote unquote gets killed. Oh man, I'm curious now. Like I need I need just a whole wiki. I need a I need a what if bible of all the different things that caused this and that to happen. We need this so bad cuz it it really hurts seeing these stories not continuing. <laughs> so, here's to hoping season 2 does continue a lot of these stories. But either way, I'll be happy either way whether they do new stories or if they continue these, but I I still would like a continuation to some degree. Shoot, even if even if they do like comics or something, ooh, 
Can you imagine a a game, what if, where you get to play all these different scenarios? Why don't we have a game of this now? We need Now I'm mad there's no game of what if. <laughs> oh shoot, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's get a game of what if. Um put it on all the consoles. So, number 12, when Happy drives the team to Grand Central, uh, you can see that he's driving the van Scott, Hope, or excuse me, he's driving the van Scott, Hope, and Hank used in Ant-Man and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, in Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, excuse me. Yeah, that made sense. I caught that reference the moment he, uh, <laughs> the moment he uh, enlarged back to normal size, crushing that one zombie. So that was good. And that, that makes sense. It's like, of course you want to drive something like that so you're not noticeable because of course the the moving van itself is going to attract them the the sound is going to attract them it's yeah you you might as well just you, you might as well just uh jump in the mouth of the zombies at this point but that's a good that's a that's a nice little reference too i'm glad i i'm glad i caught that cuz most of these i'm not catching cuz i'm starting to miss a lot of them now i started off good but now not so much <laughs> Oof. All right. So 13, Happy or Happy's go-to weapon while fighting the zombies is an Iron Man glove, which is similar to a gadget Tony used in Captain America Civil War while fighting Bucky. Uh, yeah, that I caught on. I, I, was, I figured it was either referencing that or Iron Man 2. But yeah, that's a, that's a really dope glove. It's kind of a shame he didn't have more than that. But, um... Shoot, I'm surprised they didn't go like, oh, yeah, um, Iron Man 3 didn't happen too, so Iron Man still has all his, still has all his suits. <laughs> that would have been dope, seeing all these guys in Iron Man suits. Although, to be fair, they, they wouldn't fit everybody. Like, I'm sure Happy wouldn't be able to... Well, there's the Hulkbuster, the Hulkbuster armor. Wait a minute. The Hulkbuster armor should have been a thing in this episode, now that I think about it. Because if Hulk doesn't take it, it should be still, well, who knows? For all we know, it probably, I'd imagine Hulk, I'd imagine Happy would have access to going down there if he really needed to, because Happy was like second in command next to Pepper. I guess technically Pepper was second in command and then Happy was like right below her, just because, you know, it's Pepper. But, um, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. We didn't really, I don't remember the, because if anything, the Hulkbuster would still be a thing because it was still it was it was in the original Infinity War. But then again, who knows what's really around in this version of um, this? Because for all we know, who knows what even happened during their Age of Ultron event? Who knows if there even was an Ultron? <laughs> like, what did these people even fight before the zombie <laughs> the outbreak happened? This is crazy. All right. So number 14, uh, Peter eventually gets Doctor Strange's ca uh, cape after it helps him fight off some zombies. And in What If Issue 19, Peter actually wears a similar looking cape. Okay, so that's actually a reference. Interesting. It's a reference to the original one. Okay. Um, I remember seeing a pop figure, too, of this uh, What If being a thing where... Um, Peter Parker becomes the Sorcerer Supreme or something like that. 
I'm sure there probably is a comic or uh, at least like a story, a one-off where he does do something like that at one point. There's actually a video that continues the storyline too. And spoiler alert, um, Peter becoming the new Doctor Strange is what saves the the zombie verse and i thought that was really 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 cool um i gotta look up that video so i can give it a shout out because it was it was really great let me look that up real quick so i can give it a a proper shout out um let me see so check out the youtube page missed the part and look out look for the video what if marvel or excuse me, what if Marvel's what if zombies? Um, I'm thinking he actually does what ifs of other things, and that's why he titled it like that. But yeah, so definitely give that video a look. It is very awesome. I'm actually going to see if I can include it in the show notes if I remember. But either way, I gave it a shout out here. So do be sure to show that video some love. But I do love that the cape actually managed to... um, actually do more than it did in the previous episode because I love the cape. I love that it's its own little sentient thing and it's basically like the carpet from Aladdin. <laughs> so that's really awesome. I don't remember how the cape is in the comics, but I know that it's just awesome. I'm sure the I'm sure the cape is probably sentient in the in the comics too, but yeah, I just love that it kind of got a little bit of a, um, I wouldn't really say a redemption because they're different universes, but it's good that the Cape got to do more in this episode because in the previous one with Doctor Strange, it got to help in the fight a little bit, but eventually it got destroyed by a Supreme Strange, so no bueno. But I gotta admit, the Cape suits him well. And who knows that it honestly probably does allude to that. And I mean, with Peter being such a smart guy, I'm sure, well, if the things were better, I'm sure he probably would have thought, you know, maybe I could go back to the the sanctum and find out some things that strange um, could have maybe done to prevent this <sighs> because, uh, you figure Strange probably would have tried to figure out something, but he got turned, which is kind of a bummer when you think about it, because he has the Eye of Agamotto still at this point, so it's kind of a bummer he didn't get a chance to just rewind before he got bitten. I mean, couldn't it have worked like that? So I don't know if that's a plot hole there, but maybe he just got ambushed and it just happened too quickly. I have no idea. Who knows, maybe Wong got him, and the fight, yeah, I mean, if, if Wong got bitten first and got the jump on Strange, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty crazy, though. Um, but yeah, that's another scary thing, too, is it's like, man, what, what would have Strange gone through for him not to have been able to use the Agamotto, the Eye of Agamotto to get out, or some other type of spell to fight this? I don't know. And uh, let's see, with 15, of course, Bucky tells zombie Captain America that it's the end of the line, which is a reference to Steve and Bucky's iconic saying. Yeah, 
it's kind of a shame that we I was kind of hoping for a little bit more emotion when Winter Soldier said this kind of more sad, but I guess he well being the soldier he is just like Cap is he knows that there's a time for mourning and right now he has to stay focused. So for all we know, he probably mourned before this or maybe he's just holding it in until then. So right now it's said a bit more just straightforward, like, you know, just as a little bit of a, of a, a little bit of venting and a little bit of more of acceptance of the fact that he just, I mean, he didn't kill his friend. He, he's been dead for as long as he's been a zombie, technically. But the bummer is, I'm pretty sure at this point, too, they, no, 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 they didn't, they, it isn't at this point yet that they know that there's a possible cure. But I'm sure it, it sucks that knowing he killed him and then realizing, oh, they could have saved him. But I'm sure it wouldn't have mattered because he's so far gone. I mean, look at his face and everything. It's so rotten. If he was to come back, it would, it, it, he would not be the same. He would be so just riddled with just all types of decay and scars oof no no bueno but um yeah I like that that was a that was a good reference I, I caught that too because uh, that was the last that was one of the lines that was the line that that Steve said to Bucky that helped Bucky kind of come out of his brainwash a little bit that made him save Steve from drowning when the helicarrier fell into the water and then that's what kind of helped pave the road to Bucky realizing that okay, I'm, I, I'm, I'm missing some pieces in my head apparently in my memory. Uh, <laughs> so that was cool. Really enjoyed um, the Cap saga. So number sixteen, uh, Peter mentions Uncle Ben when talking to Hope about the people he's lost, and this is actually the first time his death has been directly mentioned in the MCU. And I gotta admit, I'm very surprised. Like, don't get me wrong, I did not want to see another scene of Uncle Ben dying. Because it's happened over and over again. And yeah, it's we we really don't want that scene. Because it's such a impactful scene for Spider-Man. And seeing it over and over again, different versions, we don't want it to lose its touch. So, it was definitely a good idea not showing that. But... Not having Peter talk about it at all until this what if episode is a little weird, but I'm glad, even though it's super down the line, I'm glad that we still finally get a reference to Uncle Ben. But I'm kind of surprised he didn't mention Uncle Ben even after Tony dying, um, losing the second father figure in his life. So. But I don't know. I mean, either way, I'm glad we finally uh, heard it here. So, um, let's see. Oh, Hope. Hope Van Dyne. There we go. I couldn't remember her name earlier. I kept wanting to say just Voss, but I was like, what is her name? Hope. There we go. All right. So, number 17 is Peter, Bruce, Bucky, Hope, Kurt, and Okoye. Okoye. There we go. Okoye. Such a cool name. Um, eventually they make it to Camp Lehigh, which is not only the original base for S.H.I.E.L.D., but also where Steve trained in Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, that is so cool. 
I'm mad I didn't catch that. Was it the same base they were at during event during uh, the Avengers when Loki came out and caused a scene? I'm sure it must have been if um if it was the original base for Shield because I'm pretty sure they would have been there for all that stuff. Hmm. I never caught that. Usually when they drop names and stuff like that, I can catch them if they're if they're big enough. But to me, this is definitely a big reference, but it's like more on the subtle side because. It's more of a, I'd say it's a smaller Easter egg because, yes, the base where Captain America trained matters, but it's not the same as, oh, his shield was made out of vibranium. Oh, it was Howard Stark who helped make the the serum, you know, stuff like that. Those type of name drops are easier to remember than Oh, yeah, Camp High. But, I mean, for other people, I'm sure it's a lot easier to remember. But me, personally, it, it flew over my head. If I watched Captain America again recently before watching this episode, I probably would have remembered. But I guess that also helps, or doesn't help in this case, too, that I haven't seen the first Avenger in a long time. I've watched the movie twice, and I've I'm, I've thoroughly enjoyed a lo- all the movies, honestly. But I haven't seen most of them recently so a lot of the references and stuff are kind of going over my head but uh yeah this one i missed um oh here we go baba yaga that's the, that's the reference kurt was talking about i knew they were going to reference it in this in this uh, in this uh, article so number 18 is kurt mentions a witch named baba yaga who he also mentioned in ant-man and the wasp oh okay i thought it was the first one but anyway um, in the comics, Baba Yaga is actually a Russian goddess who uses witchcraft. The character eventually clashed with Captain Britain. So nice little, um, did you know type of deal. So it's kind of funny here too, though, because he ends up calling Scarlet Witch Baba Yaga, which I mean makes sense. So, but that was a nice, that was a nice uh, Easter egg. This one. I think was this one I didn't remember, but I believe I found out about it because I just kind of figured it was going to be a reference because I started thinking, oh, yeah, different references like this are going to be pretty much constant. But I think I think I probably found it on Instagram, honestly, like someone referenced it on there. And that's something that happened. All right. So, Vision is able to save Scott by unzombifying his head, but in the comics, it's actually Janet Van Dyne's zombie head that is kept in a jar. Yikes. Yeah, so that was actually interesting that they did that they uh, did it that way. And it was a, it was a nice change of pace because it made Hope's sacrifice all the more sad and and meaningful that she went out the way she did. But at the same time, it's like, Hope, why didn't you shrink yourself when you fell to the ground? I mean, even as you're falling, you, you didn't think to just, you know, shrink because you're obviously going to cause some major issues like you obviously did minutes later as a, a giant lady. I don't know why why she just she just wasn't thinking. I mean, to be fair, yeah, she's dying. She's zom- She's becoming a zombie, but come on, man. Come on, man. 
So this is a nice um, difference too. So in the comics, you have it where the zombies, if they ignore, if they ignore their hunger long enough, they eventually, um, they have, they actually eventually become like themselves again, at least as much as they can, you know, still being undead and zombified. So they found that out with hope and gave her like a robotic body, but of course, you know, kept her head in a jar. So that was a nice little, that was definitely a, that was definitely a nice little nod. And the fact that it was Ant-Man, you know, the, the, the partner of Wasp, that was even, that was even a larger, nicer, uh, a wink there. But, um, the idea of it, of them, of them making it where it, it was supposed to be the Mind Stone to fix things, and that Vision is actually, has, has actually been able to make kind of a barrier preventing this all from happening, that was a very, very cool twist, and I'm really glad they were able to do that with Vision, and making the Infinity Stones more interesting, expanding upon their um, just power more than what we saw in the original Infinity Saga. And this one, I knew this one here, um, number 20, while T'Challa is missing a leg and has been held captive by Vision in this episode, in the Marvel Zombie comics, a similar thing happens to T'Challa, except Hank Pym is behind it. So, man, Black Panther just can't win, can he? <laughs> but I'm glad that he was found. And more than anything, too, I'm very glad that, um, I'm very glad he didn't die, at least not in the, in the episode. It's, it's more than likely they all died after the episode because Thanos, but yeah, but it, I don't know. It, it it's kind of, it's hard to say because I don't, I mean, for sure, the 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 comics version of the zombies are definitely a lot scary because a lot scarier, because even with the whole hunger thing, um, going away eventually, a lot of them took out Galactus. They had the power cosmic. They had access to their full powers because, or for the most part, because they were mainly sentient. Still, so yeah, definitely that version is is worse. Um, even with the Mind Stone making it, make, um, being able to cure them. But the issue is, and I think it's going to talk about it in the next part here, is it couldn't, it, it, it's sad, but the Mind Stone could not save Wanda for some reason, which honestly, if it could have, dude, things could have went a lot different. But let's go on and see what they say here. Um, in number 21... We find out that Vision had been feeding a zombie Wanda because he loves her and can't bear to live without her. This is a direct flip of WandaVision where Wanda kept an entire town hostage hostage in order to keep Vision alive. So I believe I said this earlier or maybe even in the last episode. I don't remember. But either way, dude, Dude, Vision is definitely worse because at least with the people in the town, at least they were safe. Sure, they were being brainwashed into living these different lives, but at least she wasn't killing nobody. 
Vision was literally feeding Black Panther piece by piece. Piece by piece to Wanda. I mean, yeah, not a friend, but an innocent person and an Avenger, a fellow Avenger. Man. But it really shows here, too, how Vision is more than a machine. He actually has feelings, and I like that they show that. Um, Very early on in the MCU and also here, and just the whole role, role reversal, especially after WandaVision happening not too long ago, it's just like, wow, it's... It's it's so wild to think that in the MCU, Vision probably would have done something similar if, if this happened. Like, honestly, this type of scenario probably would have played out the same if it happened with uh, Vision. I wouldn't be surprised. But, of course, you know, Vision realizes he messed up eventually. But let's see what they say in the next part. Yep, uh, number 22. Of course, Vision dies. <laughs> I love how he says, of course. Yeah, it's just just like Tony. Vision can't catch a break. I mean, we've seen Vision die like, what, four times now? (laughs) He died twice in Infinity War. Um, He he died once in WandaVision. And I count that as a death because while it wasn't while it wasn't a it wasn't the true vision. While it was a construct of him, it still was a version of vision. And honestly, I still count it as a true vision because it was the best version of um, vision through Wanda's eyes, how she perceived him to be, what she perceived him to be, I should say. And with the, with the, with the white vision now out there who has the experiences and memories um, put on to him, it makes you wonder how things are going to be in the future. But yeah, we have, that's the third one, because he just ceases to exist now. Um, I mean, I'm sure part of her still, I'm sure part of him still exists to some degree inside Wanda, because, I mean, she created him. And of course, now in this one, we see <sighs> Vision killing himself. So, yeah. So, oh, <laughs> dude, I, I, okay. So, I, I literally stopped reading after and I didn't I didn't know what it was gonna say but reading this and I kid you not literally after after he says vision dies I stopped reading didn't know exactly at all what he was gonna say and went on my little tangent there but he says literally it's like the fourth time this has happened in the MCU and he's killed by grabbing the mind stone from his forehead which is exactly what Thanos did in Avengers Infinity War oh man yep he feels my pain too and I get it it's 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 an interesting scene especially since he does it the same way but it's and but at the same time it's like how else would he do it um yeah that's kind of messed up because I get that he says he can't bring himself to leave her. But my guy. You do realize if you stay alive. And you work with the guys. You can keep them alive. A tone more. Because honestly in my books. 
just killing himself right there doesn't really atone completely. Like, yes, your death technically would be considered a justice for the lives you've probably taken and what you've done to Black Panther. But come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. You could have done so much. You could have done so much more. You could have helped. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he didn't kill himself right there, he could have helped hold off Wanda. On Well, let me rephrase it. I guess not really because Wanda overpowers Vision in Civil War. To be fair, Vision was probably holding back, though, but... I don't know. I mean, Wanda's strong, though. I mean, by herself, she was. By the time Endgame came around, she she honestly let's let's be honest, she was gonna take out Thanos herself. Something no one else was gonna be able to do. Like even Captain Marvel couldn't do it. But to be fair, he used he isolated one of the. I think he isolated the power gem and took her out. And the reason why Scarlet Witch couldn't take him out was because he called the airstrike on on them. So either way, but yeah, it's it's safe to say that Scarlet would have had him before uh, Cap uh, Captain Marvel even before she would have even got to him. But hey, she came in like a boss. I don't care what anyone says about Infinity War, how she wasn't needed. She was needed. She had some, even though her moments were small. Think about it. She found Tony Stark. She found him. Brought the ship back to Earth. She stopped the airstrike from happening, which probably would have caused a lot of heavy hitters to die and leaving Thanos ready to take out everybody who was left hurt and damaged. And even though Cap served as, um, at this point, after that, like that was her major thing in the fight. And at that point, she kind of, after that, she kind of served as mainly just a stalling agent. But hey, in this type of battle, that was needed because we had to play hot potato with that gauntlet. You heard? So thank you, Captain Marvel. Every piece, every move counts. And I get it. People don't like Brie Larson, but I think she fits the role as Captain Marvel, honestly. And this is coming from a fan of her in the comics. But, um,. That's a hot take, too, but it doesn't really take much for me to like something in a, in, a, in, in, in pop culture, I should say. But it, uh, at the same time, it also takes me a lot to dislike something. But, I mean, I do have my fair shares of uh, criticism. But, um, <sighs> so, yeah, taking back what I said about Vision, I guess it did make the most sense to take out the gym because they would have had to get away um, because if she if he fought Wanda, odds are he would have been he would have had his hands to um, he would have had his hands too covered to her. His hands would have been too full, I would I'd say, to to pass the gem over to them because that would have mean, meant killing him. And they needed all the time they could to escape. So, uh but part of me always thinks that, and actually, this is going back to what I was going to say before, too. If he just decided to leave with them and, you know, decided to just keep firing blasts into the thing and just collapse everything onto her and they just flew off, 
he could have helped them find a way to even bring her back. Because who knows? Maybe if you went to Wakanda, you could have found something that could, I don't know, maybe increase your power output. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like Vision, either way, I just feel like Vision gave up a little too easy in this scene. But I don't blame him for not being able to bring himself to leave her. But come on, man. You could have you could have made such a bigger difference if you uh, did that. So, ah, boy. Um, I'm trying to think what else I can say about this scene because it's so sad. And I, I, like I said, I feel for a vision, but I'm like, he knows that zombies can be healed. Like, um, Scott was healed. I mean, yeah, he lost his body, but, hmm. I guess to be fair too, it is hard to feel optimistic after everything. And then he, I mean, he did say he had to atone in some way, but it's like, dude, you could have atoned, you could have atoned by helping them. <laughs> Helping them a bit more. I don't know. I just feel like it would have been easier if he did something like that. But at the same time, too, it probably would have been too hard to hold Wanda off. Because I feel like it wouldn't, even if he did collapse the hole on her and just kept shooting for a little bit, I feel like she would have bounced back too fast and would have had to stay regardless. So honestly, it probably was the better the better bet to do that. But it sucks, though, because of that, of Scarlet Witch, we lost Okoye, we lost Winter Soldier, Hulk, who was was pretty much impervious to some of the bites. So it makes me wonder, does it, does it matter? Does it matter how many times he's bitten or is he just impervious to bites in general? Or did he... Was he impervious to the bite mainly just because he transformed right before the bite? So I don't remember, but I feel like because his skin is really tough. So I feel like he probably wouldn't really have to worry about it. But then again, to be fair, Thanos became a zombie and I'd argue his skin's probably tougher than Hulk. So I guess that doesn't really matter. But then again, all you really need to do is get scratched and you'll turn. So. I don't know. It's it's a little iffy. I I guess it is safe to say that Hulk is more than likely a zombie at this point. And I mean, to be fair, too, look at all the zombies that are in the the comics who probably or who are easily more durable than they, than their MCU counterparts, and they still turn. So there's that too. Um, sheesh. All right. So, and also, I mean, I know Winter Soldier was launched in the air, but I feel like he would survive a fall like that, honestly. And who knows what he even landed on, unless he landed on a, a horde of zombies, which he probably did. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably safe to say he's dead. Um, Yeah. By the way, when, a, when Happy was, like, taken in, when he, when he was getting attacked... I, th I think it was by Hawkeye and pulled into the darkness and he kept saying pew, 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 pew. At the same, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of funny, but I feel like that's also in poor taste. But then I thought maybe he's doing that to kind of like shroud his fear from yelling. So I started thinking about that too. And let me 
scroll down real quick. Okay, so they don't talk about Hawkeye or um, Falcon here. So I'll, I'll mention it here real quick. So with Falcon and Hawkeye, seeing how they are able to use their powers to a pretty decent degree. Like obviously with Hawkeye, his aim was really off. But Falcon was like, dude, he was on it. And it was a shame to see like these characters like them out. And then of course with Cap turning um turning Sharon. <laughs> I just love how baller um Winter Soldier was in this in this it was just like really handing it to people the most. Um but it was good, like all all the characters had their shines. Even the zombies, like when they came in, they they went ham, like just seeing Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Wong take out two of the Black Hand like they did. Just so, such in a sweep like that. Like, opening the <laughs> Iron Man shooting, I forgot his name, Black Maul from behind because of the portal. I'm like, yo. Oh, man, why didn't they do that? I mean, nah, I'm not going to go there. Because uh, then I'll go along the lines of, man, why didn't they use the portals more often? But it's like, eh, whatever. They they use them plenty. All right. And to those people who said, oh, what if they th- just cut off Thanos' arm or this or that? Did you not for- did you forget that th- Doctor Strange literally looked up hundreds of thousands of scenarios and only one where they won? I'm pretty sure those scenarios were a part of the ones he saw where they lost. So, yeah, pretty crazy way to to write in the inevitable death of Tony, but I I get it. I mean, it's it could be tricky to to write characters like this without putting in uh, loopholes like that from using certain abilities that probably would have ended the fight a lot easier and sooner. <laughs> Um, and also the scene where Falcon is eventually killed. Um, and it was kind of crazy how she, I think she apologizes to, to, to Bucky at first. And then he says how, you know, I, I should be sad, but I'm not. <laughs> and I just thought, well, that's fair. Cause you guys weren't really buddies at all until Falcon and the winter soldier happened that show. And, even then, it took until, like, the end of the show for you guys to be, like, Steve and Bucky levels of friendship. I don't think they're there yet, but they're pretty close, honestly. They're they're definitely, hey, you're invited to my cookout, I'm invited to your cookout type deal. So, alright, we're almost done. I'm getting sad because I love these types of videos talking about all the, the different Easter eggs and did you know type stuff. Always learning and it's just fun talking about each one so all right so number 23 and zombie wanda kneels near visions but dead body similarly to how wanda does in avengers infinity war before she's dusted it's fine i'm fine (laughs) yeah yeah that's crazy I noticed that too. I noticed that was I actually had remembered that was about the same. But um by the way, can we just can we just talk real quick about how crazy it must have been for all the people who were dusted just to come back realizing that 
Whoa, what? Or, oh, who are you? Doctor Strange. Wait, Thanos is over there? Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but of course, with Wanda, like, it was just a, literally a blink of the eye, and she's like, yeah, there you are, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to serve you a whole platter. A whole platter of butt kicking. And you know what's for dessert? More butt kicking. All right. Number 24. The team escapes Camp Lehigh in a quad jet, which is also used by Monica, Carol, and Fury when they travel to space in Captain Marvel. So technically, they could use this to travel into space. I'm not sure how far, though. But honestly... I have really low hopes for them surviving because if Thanos catches wind of them being there, especially with majority of the stones excluding the time one, uh, no, 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 no. Wait. Yeah, I think he had all the stones except for the one. What stands to reason why he? Why didn't he use the time stone when he was when he was bitten at some point, or maybe? Even scarier, was he gathering the stones while he was infected? Because he had to have gotten infected on Earth. Which would mean he only had, what, two stones to collect? I think there, was only, there were only two on Earth at the time. Yeah, because Vision had the Mind Stone, and then Doctor Strange had the Time Stone. Then the others were in space. Of sorts. Wow. Well, yeah, because I'm pretty sure with Thanos as a zombie, he would not snap people out of existence, but he would snap people to them to eat. And that is definitely a fate worse than just being wiped from existence, because I'm sure they would feel every single crunch. Ouch. That is because, I mean, what else would he do? As a zombie, what else would we do? Because the the i the idea of the the knowledge of using the power is still there, but the sentience of want of wants and needs other than just eating it is gone. These are these are really close to your typical zombies. So it's safe to say he's gonna know to use the the gauntlet to only really bring more food. Or transport them to places where there's more food, which is even scarier. Actually, no. I think just being snapped from where you are to them is scarier. But either way. Uh, the last one, 25. And finally, T'Challa tells Peter and Scott how death is not the end. Which is the same thing he tells Natasha after his father is killed in Captain America Civil War. So let me see, let me see, let me see. So the the phrases are different, but he's he does start it off uh, similarly. Um, in the what if he says, in my culture, death is not the end. I want to do the accent, but I'm not going to do it. I, I'm I'm going to butcher it, and I don't want to do that. They are still with us as long as we do not forget. I'm sorry, I said I wasn't going to do it. Okay, so of course in uh, Civil War. Black Panther's T'Challa's debut, and man, was that such a great debut. I'm really glad he debuted in Civil War. I love Civil War. It was so good. Um, in my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. So, 
Yeah. Um. Wait, so... Let me see here. So if I remember correctly, I think it's actually Nora Dominic who wrote this because there are other more what if links that are linked to that specific person and no one else. So Nora, thank you very much for this article. Sorry I called you a he unless you identify that way. So uh, I don't know. I'm trying not to step on toes because I know people are very sensitive about that stuff. <laughs> So I'll just say you identify as Nora, whoever you are. <laughs> Hi, Nora. Thank you very much. Um, I look forward to checking out more of your articles in the future because I love the layout of this and I very much appreciate it. Um, so looking back on these other episodes, uh, one of them is called I am once again screaming about Marvel. So here are 27 details I noticed in what if episode one. And then episode two is 27 Marvel's What Ifs, episode two details that make Char Chadwick Boseman's final performance as T'Challa even better. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to check up on these and I'll honestly make another episode of this, too, because th this sounds really great. So what I want to end the episode on is. Um, I watched or excuse me, I listened to another podcast that talked about the possibility of where this this virus could have actually potentially originated, because as we find out, the virus originates in the quantum realm. And it's. I forgot her name, but it's um, Hope's mother who contracts it and then spreads it to um, Hank, who then spreads it to. Ant-Man, who spreads it to Cap, and onward and onward and so forth, and then consumes the whole world and even gets to Thanos. And I, I can't lie, that ending scene with him with that crazy toothy smile with the gauntlet glowing, I'm like, oh, you guys are so screwed. But um, I had to think about it more, and it just blew my mind when... They uh, when I when I found out about this possibility and I had to keep replaying it, replaying it, just like, are you serious? This is crazy. So they the I forgot the podcast, but they were talking about the idea of what if the virus, what if this quantum realm virus was actually given to her by an outside source? Because if we see an Ant-Man in, in the Wasp, we see a, a little a little city of sorts that's in the background in the quantum realm and the rumors are that that is kang the conqueror's city because of you know him existing in the quantum realm and then quantum mania is going to be including um kang or at least a variant of him uh, a variant of he who remains who was most likely going to be kang but i'm sure in the mcu i'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of variants of him because we have what if so it's like even if we don't see him in the mcu as far as the variants go i'm certain we're gonna see plenty of them to go either way regardless i'm sure we're gonna be seeing more of kang besides the big big bad kang so people were theorizing in this podcast two guys love them they're really awesome people uh their episodes are very entertaining and inspires me to do these episodes too uh the marvel related stuff and um 
Inside Marvel. That's what the that's what the podcast is called. Inside Marvel. Go check them out. Um, found them out during the Loki stuff. But anyway, the theory was: what if it was Kang who gave her the virus, knowing that it would eventually lead to Thanos, who was going to be searching out the Infinity Gems, mainly because. I'm guessing he probably had to give it to someone who was in the quantum realm. Um, because he's trying to break the absolute point of this dimension, which would be Thanos snapping. Now, that's just a theory. A game. No, it's not a game theory. It's a film theory. But it make, it really makes sense. Now, would King really know about absolute points? I don't know. But, I mean, if the Ancient One knows, why not? Because Kang is, I mean, he literally had a whole organization of himself working against, working with each other, eventually fighting against each other. So, it's safe to say this guy knows a lot of stuff. And even overhearing of absolute points at some point would make sense. And... Now, that would make sense, too, because so far the only absolute point we know exists in the Doctor Strange episode where his love interest had to die. Otherwise, time would unravel and things would just cease to exist in his, in his world, his uh, universe. So, yeah, it was a crazy idea that they brought up, and I, I really liked the idea, and I had to share it here. Um, it would be such a cool revelation if they did that. Um, it would it would be so great to see a version of Kang appear in what if like imagine if after the Thanos reveal. It closes on Kang the Conqueror, who has like a serum that's labeled. Infection or zombie thing, and he and he like tucks it away under like a success drawer or something like that. Realizing that, oh, the because I'd imagine he has his papers and stuff, too. Maybe like how he who remains as well. Maybe he's in his own um, TVA comp, uh, area. And that's how he has the papers and stuff, too, because of, of, of his universe. Because how cool would that be if he was the same kind of way in his own universe where he's seen the beginning and end? It just keeps repeating itself. And then he's like, what if I find what if? this absolute point can be broken and I have to do it this way. Like he's tried so many different things and finally he comes to the virus, gives it to them. And, you know, of course he doesn't want to do it. You know, maybe this is a nicer Kang, but comes to the realization, Hey, I got to do something. It's, it's almost like the Dr. Strange thing where I've tried everything but this. So I tried giving it just to Thanos. That didn't work. I tried giving it to Thor or this person or that person didn't work. So the other idea is, or the other, the other thought process is, so technically any second now, any minute now, Thor, Groot, and Rocket are meant to be arriving on Earth to kill Thanos. So it's possible it's it's possible they might be able to win but to be fair thor would probably still go for the chest and not the head 
and um, at the same time, too, they literally wouldn't have any army to help fight against the the armies. But I mean, Thor, he is a one he's a one man army himself, and with Groot and Rocket too. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like even with them there, they'd probably still fall. Because you got T'Challa who can't really fight, missing an arm and a leg. Um, and then you got Spider-Man, which is cool. But they'd have to worry about helping out. Um, well, I guess you wouldn't really have to worry about... You wouldn't really have to worry about... Um, I keep wanting to say Hank Pym, but not Hank Pym. Why am I forgetting his name now? Oh, that's so lame. <laughs> Scott, there we go. You wouldn't really have to worry about Scott because the cape could help him. And to be fair, T'Challa could just hold on to the bottom of the cape and they can get to safety somewhere. Or they could just chill in the Quinjet and they could just take off for space maybe. But Thanos does have all the stones except one. So once Thanos sees them, you know, fresh meat, it's probably just game over unless my theory is unless by the time they get to there it's possible unlikely but it's possible before they get chomped by thanos thor arrives and throws the stormbreaker at thanos and i mean for all we know with the guy with the gang right there too they might think oh okay he's he's um he's been hurt let's go for the head and boom but you still have the whole horde to deal with too. But with the Mind Stone, they, yeah, I, I feel like it could. I feel like they could get out of it, but it's un un unlikely. But yeah, so we talked about this episode a lot more than I planned. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the Killmonger episode. Um, I'll say this much: it was very cool to see Killmonger be a hero, at least. I thought he was going to be a hero, <laughs> but ended up going back to his Killmonger ways. I mean, he, he technically always was that way. He was just worming his way into um, pretty much into the good life where he could manipulate the war and just turn things to his favor. So honestly, he could do what he wanted to do in, in Black Panther, just a little bit easier, I'd imagine. So. But it's crazy to think he got found out, but it makes sense. I mean, hey, you got Pepper Potts and you got, oh, I forgot her name, T'Challa's sister. Very smart girl who <laughs> outsmarted um, Bruce and I think this, no, no, he outsmarted Bruce and was Iron Man? No, Iron Man was in space. Who else did he outsmart? Well, either way, when it came to Vision and the wires, she, she was just like, oh, why didn't you just do this? <laughs> so, but yeah, I think I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'll talk more about this stuff with these what if articles at a, at a later point, because I know with at least two of the episodes, um, I didn't look at these articles or a article for that matter. So there's always more to learn. So I'm very excited. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, do be sure to let me know. Uh, let me know what your favorite What If episode is. I would love to hear what uh, you're looking forward to in the future. Um, I'm very excited to see how that um, Ultron one's going to look because I, I miss Ultron. But I'm bummed we don't have the original voice actor for Ultron reprising his role. 
because I know he was, I'm, I'm so mad that he didn't end up being legit for the WandaVision uh, show, that it was all rumors. So, yeah, that sucks how WandaVision had all these rumors and a lot of it didn't live up to um, that being truth, but it's all good. It was still a really good show. But yeah, I guess I'll leave it there. Until the wind hits our sails yet again, this has been AOK Radio. So until then, this is AOK Radio signing off, and that is not the right outro, but I am okay with it because I'm I, I'm falling asleep a little bit as I'm talking here. <laughs> Later days. Another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see a rating, uh, either send me a, an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations, and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.